Housing Wire audience and our loyal Housing News podcast subscribers and listeners. Uh, We're so thrilled to to have you listening to episode 11 of season one of the Housing News podcast brought to you by your friends at Housing Wire. I I can't believe we've already been through 11 episodes of this show um, produced by our Housing Wire reporter, Alcina Lloyd. Alcina, thank you so much for your your continued hard work on producing the podcast. It is, uh, it's really turning into an excellent product and uh, we're, we're definitely seeing that that echoed by our listeners we keep seeing the number of subscribers for each episode grow and uh, we really hope that you listening to this today will will share with your fellow housing professionals and, and visit us on itunes and subscribe and and rate the podcast it really helps more listeners from across the housing economy discover housing news which we're working hard to bring to you every single day this episode is brought to you by blend Blend is a digital mortgage platform that streamlines the loan process with an efficient, secure, and transparent customer experience. Blend powers both industry-leading teams at some of the nation's largest lenders, as well as regionally focused credit unions and community banks. With over $1 billion in loans processed daily, every Blend partnership is benchmarked on delivering a truly exceptional experience. To learn more about Blend, visit Blend.com. So today, it's kind of a a special episode. Uh, If you've been following the Housing News Podcast, you get the format. Every week, we invite a a professional from the industry onto the show. We talk about a few of the top articles from Housing Wire's news coverage each week, and and that industry professional helps add some context and um, and practical knowledge to the news that that our newsroom of reporters and editors are, are covering every single week. So this being a special show, we, we have a, a special guest, and today I'm, I'm really excited to welcome Housing Wire's own Ben Lane, our, our newly promoted managing editor to the Housing News Podcast. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks, Clayton. I'm, I'm happy to be here. It's a, I'm a longtime listener and first-time caller, so I'm happy, happy to be here. <laughs> Thrilled to have you, Ben. So for all of our listeners who, who might not have seen the big announcement this week, on, on Tuesday, uh, we uh, announced that Ben Lane has been promoted to managing editor at Housing Wire. And for me as the, the CEO, I, I couldn't be more excited for, for a lot of reasons. One, I've had the pleasure of working with Ben for, for over three years and I've been nothing but impressed with his journalistic integrity and style and, and leadership inside of the organization. But the, one of the other reasons I'm really excited is that Ben's with, been with Housing Wire for over five years and, and joined us as a reporter and was promoted to senior reporter and was promoted to editor and is now managing editor, managing our newsroom. And I, I just personally love the progression and, um, and Ben has put in the hours and the hard work and over that time has done developed into one of the most prominent journalists covering housing and real estate. Uh, so, so Ben, um, you've got some, uh, I just gave you a lot of compliments. You got some, um, some big <laughs> shoes to fill here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for, for laying that lovely groundwork for me. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm touched and humbled and honored and, and blushing through, uh, through the computer right now. <laughs> but the, the, the big shoes aren't only because of my compliments. It's also because we have a, such a, a loyal base of housing professionals that, that read us every day. And, um, Tens of thousands of, of mortgage lenders and real estate agents and executives are, are relying on Housing Wire for the, for the news that they use to be better informed in the decisions they're, they're making in their business. So I, I think our, our listeners, our audience would, would love to learn a little bit more about you. So, so Ben, o- over the last five years, what, what has really kept you engaged and interested in covering the housing economy? What gets you excited about mortgage news? I think the thing that that uh, 
that I enjoy the most is that there, there always is something happening. I mean, I think that's, that's the nature of the news business, but especially in the mortgage business and the housing business, there's always things happening. There are always new developments, companies making moves and, and people being hired and transitions and, and technological developments. And all those things are interesting to me, the moving pieces of all this. A, a big focus of me personally over the last few years, I would say, is the technological advancements that have happened in the industry. I love following companies and segments of the industry that are that are moving forward via technology. The sort of digi- uh, we talk a lot about the digital mortgage and everything that's happened there, uh, and, and all the technological advancements that are happening that are bringing this industry uh, into into a new digital age. I'm I'm really excited about all that stuff, and I love following those companies and seeing companies develop and raise money and grow and expand. All those things are interesting to me, and I love the the, the piece, all the different pieces of the industry. And tracking all of them. I mean, uh, I'm uh, I have become I would say a mortgage and housing junkie over the last five and a half years. I didn't necessarily see that the, the way my career was going to go, but I'm I'm not unhappy about it. I'm, I'm very uh, very excited about what I do and I and I, and I enjoy it and, and I love being part of this team. Um, that you know, I've, I've as you said before, I've been with the company for five and a, you know, going on five and a half years now. And uh, really excited to be part of the team that we have now. We have some really great journalists that I work with. Um, Allison, as you mentioned, and Jessica and KK. And we have some new team members that are coming on board as well, which I'm really excited about. And, and it's a really exciting time for us internally, for the industry as a whole. And I'm, re- I'm really happy to be part of it. I'm thrilled to hear you're also part of the the housing news uh, junkie club. I, I'm definitely <laughs> in that with you. Uh, even before joining Housing Wire, when my my friends were uh, flipping through their ESPN app, I was flipping through houses just just for leisure. Just the, it's, it's all, looking at real estate has always <laughs> probably been my favorite uh, favorite pastime. So I'm glad to hear I'm not the only um, housing nerd out here in yeah. Irving, Texas, at Housing Wire. Well, Loyal HDTV uh, watcher, I'm sure, too. House Hunters and all those fun yeah. things. You know, you get you get to enjoy it. I've been known to watch a flip or two. It's uh... yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. So, so Ben, we we've just talked a little bit about your your history. What I'm most excited about is, is the future. And so, as you think about stepping into into this leadership role, what are some of your plans for the future of Housing Wire? And what are some of the things that you think we're, we're doing really well today, but, but could do better in the future? Or, or what else you're, are you thinking about for the in the coming years? I mean, as I said before, I'm, I'm really excited to be part to be a, a member of the team that we have. Now. I feel like we have a really strong team of, of people that that I get to work with, and I'm lucky enough to work with, and I'm I'm very happy to be part of that. Um, and I think we have a lot, we have a lot of quality journalists who do a lot of quality work. And my, I would say my main goal in all of this is just don't screw up the great thing that we have going. I feel like we're in a really good place. We, like I said, we, we, I feel like we put out content that I hope anyway, that I, that I feel is, uh, is valuable to the industry and that people enjoy reading and, and appreciate and, and, and take something away from. And my hope going forward is that we can do more of those things that we can do that we can do that I can put the team now that I'm leading in a position to do more quality journalism, more analysis, more of telling you guys out there in the audience why something is important, what's really happening, not just that it happened, but why it's happening, why it matters, doing deeper dives into things, focusing on the 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 moves that are happening in the industry and the trends that are happening that are really important that are really impacting the industry as a whole 
the different segments of it, whether it's lending or servicing or on the investment side or fintech or real estate, you know, the kind of main areas that we focus on, um, you know, looking at all of those things at, and really taking deep dives into subjects and focusing on uh, what's really happening and mattering and, and, and bringing our audience content that really is going to help them succeed in their, in their business, whatever it may be. Um, that's what I really hope that we can do and I, and what I, and what I hope to bring to our audience going forward. I love it. So for our audience members that might not know some of our editorial newsroom kind of sayings or like our, our cultural ethos is uh, one of the things that we, we pride ourselves in is, is news and nowhere else. So as a CEO, Ben, that's one thing I hold you guys accountable for. Like, Hey, how are we, identifying stories that, that nobody else knows about and getting to the scoop first. And, uh, and while this is something that's always been a priority for our organization, it's something that as the CEO, I don't really often uh, like, I'm not surprised when we're first on a story. I expect it. We're the, mo we're the most connected. We've been doing this the longest. We have a large audience and a large network of sources. Um, but people always ask me, and I, I'm always shocked by this. Um, so how does Housing Wire get its news? Like, where, wh who are your sources? Who are you talking to? How do you get this? And, uh, and I, I usually don't have a great answer because, it, it, Ben, it's, it's, it's you. It's Alcena. It's KK. It's Jessica. It, like, the, the stories aren't coming from me. So... I'm going to ask you that question, Ben, like as been doing this for five and a half years, you're the managing editor now, where do your scoops come from? Where, where, where are you kind of coming up with some of your, your top stories um, um, that you publish on housing wire without, without giving away the, sure. the whole secret sauce? Yeah. I mean, I'll say as a journalist, you don't, you don't typically reveal your sources and, and a good magician never reveals their secrets. Um, <laughs> so I'll say, um, you know, we have a, we have, I think the interesting thing about the way we do things internally is that not, we don't have a kind of set way of doing things for anyone from a news gathering perspective. I think each of us on the team go about things in different ways. Um, you know, one of my biggest sources of news is Twitter. I'm on Twitter all day long. I like being on there. I like following interesting people and, and other publications and seeing what they're writing about. That's, you know, that's a, that's a valuable news source for me, but it may not work for everybody else. It may, um, to each their own and each person, I think on our, on our team, um, finds news in their own way. Um, you know, being who we are, and I don't mean this from an egotistical standpoint, I mean, people know who we are and they send us things obviously. And, and we, and we do talk to people and people call us and, and want to talk to us about what's going on in the industry. Um, I can't, you know, always reveal who, uh, in, in those kind of circumstances, but a lot of it is, is people coming to us. A lot of us is, is us going out there and pursuing news stories, contacting people in, uh, you know, governmental entities or agencies or Fannie and Freddie, those types of folks, um, to find out what's happening, to pursue stories, to run down things that people have asked us about. Hey, I heard this thing or Fannie told me this, or I've heard this from HUD or FHA or whatever. And then us going out and pursuing that and finding finding out what's really happening. So it, it's very much a two-way street uh, coming from the, the folks in the industry. Uh, anyone listening out there, you guys are all valuable members of our community. And, and if you have, if you do hear of things, if you are, if you come across something and want clarification, if you feel like it's worth our attention, please don't hesitate to reach out. We love hearing from folks in the industry about what they're hearing and then we can take that and, and hopefully turn it into something that is of value for them and everybody else. 
So it's, it's very much, a, a, I would say, a symbiotic relationship between us and our audience. We feel like we have a good give and take there. And like I said, internally, it's whatever. And we don't have a kind of set, okay, this is the way you do it kind of thing. Each person does things in their own way. Um, and I feel like that each person brings their own. And I think there's value in that because then we have news coming in from different places and, and, and people develop their own sources and their own methods of doing things. And then we are hopefully able to cover anything and everything that matters in housing. That's our, that's certainly our goal. That's awesome. Well, I certainly did not expect you to say, well, Joe Smith at 202-415 is my, <laughs> is my guy. So if you're looking for now, but um, I didn't expect you to flip that into a sourcing opportunity. So, so well played out there. Housing wire community, you know where to find Ben Lane when you got a tip. <laughs> All right. I'm, I will make myself available. There's, there's, I certainly, uh, I, I can make that, I can make that statement. And you can find him on Twitter. What's, what's the handle, Ben? Just so everybody knows. Uh, I'm, I'm ben Lane HW. Um, <laughs> and you can certainly find me on there. I'm, my Twitter feed is usually open all day long. My DMs are open. Uh, if you'd like to reach out and message me, uh, people often do. Uh, so you know, please don't hesitate to reach out if you, if you, uh, if you hear of anything. Because like I said, if, if there's something that's happening that, that's not on our radar yet that you feel is important, we would love to hear from you and, uh, and reach out to the people that are that making those decisions or making those announcements or putting those policies in place or whatever it is to find out what's really going on. I just heard on Spotify this morning that it goes down in the DMS. I don't know if that's exactly what we're talking about here, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, sliding into the DMS can have a little, can have different connotations for different people. Um, <laughs> so for me, I'll say if you, if you, if you have news that you'd like to share that you don't want publicized, you're certainly welcome to DM me. And I'll, I will certainly keep it between us uh, journalistically, uh, you know, we try to be as, as ethical as possible and protect sources when, uh, when it's necessary. So um, we, uh, we won't use your name if you don't want us to. Excellent. Well, Ben, um, congratulations again. I'm um, personally thrilled to, to have you stepping up to this leadership role on the team. And I know that our, our audience and our Housing Wire team will be very well served by your, your experience, uh, your editorial style and expertise, and your leadership. So um, we're, we're really excited for what's to come and uh, excited for you to put, put your fingerprint and your touch on the, the future of Housing Wire's news coverage. Um, so, Thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to it. So on that, let's get back to work. So the second, <laughs> the second segment of the Housing News Podcast, we always uh, we jump into a few of the top stories from Housing Wire's newsroom, which Ben now leads, uh, and kind of talk about, go, dig a little bit deeper after we publish. Often there's additional context that, that comes out. We talk to more people. We think about the subject matter more and, and uh, maybe have a, f a few more things to talk about. This week, there was one article that stood out in a, in a really big way that I think every mortgage lender and realtor in the country um, read if our, if our data show, tells us anything. And um, that article was really around uh, Fannie Mae's updated forecast for, uh, for the remainder of 2019, for the second half of the year. Um, the headline was uh, Fannie Mae lowers mortgage rate forecast and says home price growth will accelerate. Typically, I kind of jump in and, and talk about the article since we have the managing editor himself. Um, ben, can you tell us a little bit about this article and, uh, and, and give our, our listeners an update on the story? Yeah, this, so this article was uh, written by K.K. Howley, our real estate editor. Uh, she published it on, uh, let's see, on uh, Tuesday, it looks like. Um, what was interesting to me about this article was the the I mean, to put it very simply, the the idea or the projection of Fannie Mae that mortgage rates will 
stay comfortably under 4% for the rest of the year. That's their view of it now. Um, as she writes in the article, uh, a, a month ago, they were expecting rates to say around 3.9% going forward. Now they're thinking it's 3.7%. So that 20 basis point drop is, is pretty significant uh, for the rest of the year. And it's well below what kind of the general consensus view of what mortgage rates were going to do for their year going into the year. So last, you know, at the end of last year, every, every Fannie Mae or, or you know, Realtor.com or whoever it is will sort of publicize, uh, MBA will publicize their projection about what they think mortgage rates are going to do in, in, in the coming year. The general consensus was that rates were going to climb throughout the year. And it's been the opposite of that. They've fallen uh, earlier this year. I think they fell to a three-year low. And Fannie Mae is now expecting them to remain well below 4% for the rest of the year. So uh, as she writes in here as well, uh, referencing Fannie Mae's comment, you know, as part of that decline in rates, they're expecting originations to actually rise above what it was last year. And again, that's, that's, that's different from what the general, general view was going into the year. The, the general thought was that originations gonna, were going to be down uh, because rates were going to go up. And especially uh, purchase originations were probably going to stay roughly the same. But the thought was that refinances were going to drop significantly, driven by higher interest rates. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. So now there's certainly a lot of potential for refinance um, that we that we've seen. You know, we see reports from from different uh, companies about the sort of uh, eligibility of certain a certain segment of borrowers to refinance at whatever the prevailing interest rate is uh, at that given time, and that. If interest rates continue to stay at this level or continue or, or maybe even fall going forward, then that segment of borrowers that could gain from refinancing is only going to get larger. And that's obviously positive news for the mortgage business because that's an increase in originations. Uh, and also it's, a, it's certainly helpful for borrowers if they can get into a mortgage that's at a lower interest rate and potentially lower their payment. So there's, there's a lot of benefit for the industry and for the people that the industry is helping from a decrease in, in interest rates. Um, so that, that part to me was, was, was the thing that jumped out, like, wow, they, they're, really, they're really comfortable saying interest rates are gonna stay well below 4% for the rest of the year. So the, the opportunity is there for, for the mortgage and housing industry to take advantage of that in both purchase and refinance. And, and Ben, I, if I recall the article well, I believe KK also talked about Fannie's projections on, on home prices. And, and not only are we going to see lower rates, but we're also talking about home prices heating up a little bit. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, the, uh, so the, the, the thought there is that cheaper mortgage rates may increase home prices. Um, the, the, um, the Fannie Mae previously said that they expected home prices to grow 4.6%. Now they're thinking they're going to grow by more than by almost five and a half percent. So that's larger origination volume. That's sort of larger uh, origination volume. There's more dollars there. If the homes are more, then the mortgages will be more, obviously. Um, so there's there's certainly potential there on on the on the business side of things for there to be uh, larger uh, originations in and of themselves, like more of them and for more money. So that's that's obviously a benefit for the industry. Okay, so we have lower rates that are that are helping affordability, um, but because of that kind of boost in affordability, housing prices will will tick up a little bit. Housing prices also might tick up a little bit because of unemployment, and uh, we're see saying seeing the unemployment rate will probably average 
3.7 in 2019, down from 3.8 last month and the full year prediction of 4.2. This all sounds pretty good to me. It sounds pretty healthy. What's your view, Ben? Yeah, I think I think it's a, it's a really interesting time sort of for the economy as a whole and for the, the housing business. Um, the, the interesting thing is that despite the you hear a lot of, there's a lot of doom and gloom in society right now, unfortunately. Um, but from an economic standpoint, things are good. And, and, and it looks like things are going to continue to be good for some time. Um, so that uh, there's potential there and there's benefit there for everybody, for the mortgage industry, for every, for everyone else. Uh, you know, the regular folks, I use air quotes there, the regular folks, um, there's potential there and an opportunity for everyone to, to kind of be buoyed by all of the success, rising tide lifts all boats kind of a thing. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's a really positive time and, uh, and hopefully we'll continue. I mean, you know, the good times can't last forever, obviously. Um, as a journalist, you're, you learn those kinds of things that there's, there's always something else coming down uh, around the bend or whatever you want to say. But um, for the time being, anyway, things are looking pretty good. So, I mean, this is clearly just a, a snapshot from, from one economic team at, at Fannie Mae. As you kind of think across our, our broader coverage or, or trends that you're starting to identify or, or sense from economic reports you're seeing from MBA or Freddie Mac or, or, other, uh, or other groups that regularly cover the, the housing metrics like uh rates and affordability and employment uh, is there anything that you're, you're any trends you're starting to sense or any kind of diversion in economic outlook um or anything you're going to be watching in the coming coming weeks coming months to to get a feel for if um if everything is as healthy as fannie mae indicates or if there uh there is something looming yeah i, I think it, it's interesting to, it'll be interesting to track the uh, you know, every week we get a report from the NBA on the number of mortgage applications, and there's a good breakdown in there about refinances versus purchase that I'll send on rights, uh, usually, and writes very well. And um, we, I think it'll be interesting to track that on a weekly basis to see if the projected rise in refinances, the projected rise in total originations is coming to fruition through applications. And applications are always the best leading indicator about what's going to happen because that is literally the start of the mortgage process. You person applies for it and then we, and then everything happens after that. So that's a good indicator of what is happening from an activity standpoint. So I think it'll be interesting to track that on a weekly basis and, and, and then over months and see the trend there in what's actually happening. And then we'll start to see the, some, the origination data come flowing in after that, because it takes, you know, it does take some time to close a mortgage. Uh, that time is, is decreasing, which is, which is, I think a, a good thing. Um, you know, some lenders are out there saying they can close a mortgage in eight days. Uh, so, you know, once we start getting a, a view of what originations are actually doing, uh, over the course of the next couple months, I think we'll get a really good view of, of what's happening. The, the lifeblood of the industry, the mortgage industry is applications and originations. And so we'll get a really good view here before not too long about what's actually happening. And if borrowers are as rate sensitive as some people think that they are, um, so I, I think it, it's, it's a really interesting time and, and the next couple months are going to be really interesting as well. And one of the things I think is super interesting is the 
for lack of better words, whiplash we're seeing in the market of lenders that are seeing success and lenders that are putting their foot on the gas and others that are pulling back or, or shutting their doors, whether they're uh, pulling back on their retail networks or, or closing their, their wholesale line of business. Um, it's uh, th that that's happening. But then you see other lenders going full steam ahead and taking advantage of the generational trends we're seeing in the purchase market and the, the big refi opportunity we have right now. Um, a story that you covered yesterday, I think is a good example of a lender, another lender, um, the top lender in the country, putting their foot on the gas. And uh, that's the State Farm and Quicken Loans announcement. Can, can you talk us through that coverage and uh, your, your view on that story? Yeah, that one was really interesting. So State Farm and Quicken Loans announced yesterday that they were uh, joining together in a, in a mortgage partnership where within the next couple of months, State Farm agents will be able to originate mortgages for their clients through the Rocket Mortgage platform that Quicken Loans uh, has developed and is developing and, and now handles, the technology from that now handles 90% of all the mortgages that Quicken Loans does. So previously, State Farm agents who were licensed loan originators were able to originate mortgages for their customers through State Farm Bank, the banking arm of, of State Farm, which does, loan, does home loans and auto loans and checking accounts and savings and, and all the sort of traditional banking services. But going forward, any, any mortgage that's originated by a State Farm agent will be originated through Quicken Loans. So I think that's really interesting because I think the, uh, the, the information that we got from State Farm said they have 19,000 agents currently. Now, not all of those are licensed loan originators. That, that there is that piece of it. But the opportunity for all of those agents to potentially become licensed loan originators if they would like to and then originate mortgages through Quicken Loans for all of their customers, there's a really substantial mortgage growth opportunity there. Uh, you know, amongst uh, amongst that population of agents and of all of their clients, State Farm obviously is is one of, if not the biggest insurance company in in the country. So imagine the the number of clients and customers that they have, and if even some small percentage of those decide to go with State Farm and Quicken to get their mortgage that's a potentially huge market opportunity for, for both of those parties. Yeah. My, my view on this is this could be absolutely huge. And one of the bigger announcements of the year or a complete non-event <laughs> and um, <laughs> like, and, and I think it's TBD uh, what this actually turns out to be. Uh, if state farm has a high number of licensed originators or, or develops a, a high number of licensed originators within their current agent population, They've just activated one of the largest origination forces or sales forces in the country. And uh, I, my, my first thought when I saw this was if, if I was starting a career or transitioning employers as a financial services professional, this seems like one of the best jobs on the street. You get the, uh, the, you get the residual recurring income from insurance contracts. You get an amazing book of business to mine for refi and purchase business. Um, kind of moderately affluent, kind of uh, uh, upper middle class, like client base who's buying buying houses, likely financially responsible if they're if they're properly insured. I mean, th this just sounds like an amazing opportunity to kind of get best of both worlds as a uh, financial services professional. That that kind of re recurring income from insurance plus the um, the uh, kind of icing on the top of being able to originate loans for that same client base. Um, but I think the question really comes is this a uh, 
is this a program that's adopted across the the entire base of agents? Um, and uh, if it is, I mean, it's much it's much more attractive than uh, selling checking accounts to your uh, to your insurance clients, which I believe the State Farm agents have the ability to, to do now. Um, I, I'm a yeah. former retail banker, so I, I know the drill there. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that's it's it's TBD on for for me at least on the the impact of this program. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see to that point about how active and aggressive the State Farm agents are in pursuing mortgage opportunities. If if it's just something where they're talking to a client and they're oh we're going to buy a house oh well we do mortgages or will they actively pursue and 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 and, and call their client base and 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 see if they have mortgage needs. Or try and say, oh, hey, we we do loans, we do loans with Quicken Loans now. Let's, let's you know, do want to do a refinance or, or those kinds of opportunities. Do they do it actively or do they do it passively? I think that's going to be the really interesting piece of this. Now, there'll probably be some who choose to do it actively, but is that widespread? Is it isolated? So I, th- I think that sort of breakdown about active versus passive from the mortgage piece of this is really going to yeah. tell the tale about how big this can be. Because if all of those agents, or even half of them, or even a quarter of them, decide to do this actively and aggressively, that could make a big difference. But if it's just a couple hundred and they just kind of do it and and whenever they whenever their clients, oh hey, it's very kind of casual, then it then it may not be too much of a blip. On the other hand, if they do, then if they do or if they are aggressive about it, and if a lot of them are, then it could be a big deal. Even if only 10% take advantage, that agent base is larger than several of the top IMBs in the country. Right. So, I mean, there, there's IMBs who, who you think about and talk about every day. You only have two, three, four thousand originators. Um, that's a lot, but I mean, I say only compared to the size of uh, the state farm base. Um, that, that could be pretty real. Uh, the other thing that I'm thinking about on this one, Ben, and I don't know if you've thought about this much, but but could this be the first indication of the future, the Quicken's intention of the future of the Rocket business model. And and meaning that Rocket uh, today kind of exists as a consumer direct platform. Is this a a step toward um, a a retail channel? And and could this partnership be replicated across other insurance businesses or, or other businesses that have large distributed sales forces? Yeah, I, th- I think that to that point, that one of the things that was interesting about this announcement is that Quicken, uh, Quicken Loan said they're going to make new rocket mortgage technology available to state farm agents. Now, that didn't specify what that means, but the idea behind this is the sort of technologically advanced mortgage process to be done hand in hand with a state farm agent. So, are, so is how much involvement do the state farm agents have in this? How much technology are, is Quicken Loans giving to them? What is that new technology and what is it going to be? And yeah, it absolutely could be sort of a test case for further developments of this type. If Quicken Loans is going to make it, if it's going to kind of develop a loan origination platform that it can farm out, you know, license to whatever the sort of um, arrangement would be to various other companies of size like State Farm, there's a really big opportunity there um, to to kind of shift the mortgage uh, origination model to something where it's more holistic with the sort of financial services, uh, you know, deli- uh, products, you know, everything that goes along with that 
to and bring the mortgage further into that process and kind of the the you know insurance agents talk about it, umbrella policy kind of make it an umbrella of the of a whole, of a person's entire financial life so that there is really big opportunity there depending on which way quicken wants to go with this this is this is giving me more flashbacks to my retail banking days uh, <laughs> product products per household yeah yeah but not too many cuz that's why Wells Fargo got in trouble oh okay on <laughs> On that note, Ben, thank you uh, very much for joining us for this episode of the, the Housing News Podcast. Um, big congrats again. Um, and uh, I am excited for our company and our readers for your continued coverage. Uh, so Housing News listeners, thank you very much for tuning in today. If you haven't yet, please visit our, our iTunes page for the Housing News Podcast and rate the podcast. It helps more mortgage and real estate professionals like yourself discover the show. Uh, and we want as many people to subscribe and, and listen as possible. That, that helps us, that helps our business, and it helps us bring you more great content. Um, I'd also like to thank our, our sponsor, Blend. To learn more about Blend, visit blend.com. And a big thank you to Ben Lane and Alcina Lloyd for, uh, for helping us produce this amazing uh, content that we bring to you every day. Um, we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot.